privilege of having Reverend Dr. Tina Patamber bring the message, and as uh, many of you know, but not all of you, and this is why I, I give little introductions like this. This young lady was a part of our church from when she was um, a, a girl. 13. 13, yes. And uh, she was a wonderful part of our church family. And then uh, when she was at the University of Toronto, the Lord called her into the ministry. So after finishing her U of T studies, as happened with me many years ago, in fact, then she, she uh, went to the Divinity School. Well, why don't you tell them what school you went to? Tyndale Seminary. Right. That's where I did my master's. And uh, thank the Lord I finished that. <laughs> And then about uh, November 2015, I got to do my doctorate. And that was, uh, praise the Lord, that's done. Amen. Amen. <laughs> no more school. And <laughs> nine and a half years ago, we, we called her. Well, it was actually even before then, but for nine and a half years, she's been pastoring our Richmond Hill mm -hmm. Church of the Nazarene, Solid Rock Church of the Nazarene. That's another congregation that we started, Rosewood started back uh, just yes. over nine and a half years ago. And so uh, let, let's just pray together. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you indeed for Reverend Dr. Tina Patamber. We thank you for her life. We thank you for her witness, even from when she was a, a young lady, and she's still a young lady. And we thank you, O oh God, for the wonderful ways in which you have used her and continue to use her in your service at our Solid Rock Community Church of the Nazarene. And we, we pray for your ongoing blessings in her life. Continue to direct her paths. Continue, O oh God, to bless, to bless our Richmond Hill Solid Rock Church of the Nazarene. And we thank you, O oh God, for the many gifts and graces that you have given to her. And we're so thankful for her ministry here tonight. We commit this message into your hands, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, good evening. Thank you for coming tonight. Um, you know, I know the weather's been a little bit tricky, and, but today was a nice day, right? So we are just thankful that you are here and uh, God is good. The title of the sermon is Holy Spirit Speak. Holy Spirit Speak. And so if you've got your Bibles, if you can turn to Acts 16, verses 6 to 10, that will be our scripture tonight, and it's not very long. It's a short one here. Uh, Acts 16, verses 6 to 10. And here's what God's word says. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonian standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonian, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, and we thank you now that we will give our attention to your word. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will help us to remove distractions in our heart, because this is our time to hear from you. And God, we need to hear a word from the Lord so that we will be encouraged, 
so that you will uplift us, so that you will help us, that you will correct us, and that you will discipline us, O God, because we are your children. And so, Lord, we need guidance. We need the Heavenly Father to guide us in all that we do. And so tonight I pray as we are here, we are ready. We thank you for the worship that we've had in worshiping your name through singing and through scripture and giving of our tithes and offering. We thank you for this church. We thank you that you gave Pastor Nick a vision to be here and to be the leader of this church and all the other ministers here. We thank you for the church plants that have come out of this church as well, Lord. We know that God is working in this place. And so we ask in the name of Jesus as we now commit ourselves to you at this time that you'll bless this word and bless the words that come out of my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this is the book of Acts that we're reading, and we're reading Acts chapter 16. And you'll understand if you read the book of Acts, there's a lot going on in the story. Uh, in Acts chapter 1 and 2, Jesus tells the disciples, it's my time to go. He's been with them, and there's a lot going on. If you read the Gospels, Jesus has come. He has healed many people. He has taught the word of God. He says the kingdom of God is here. And he died, and he rose on the third day, just like he said. And now he tells the disciples, it's time for me to go. Because when Jesus was here, he was in he was tangible. God was, you could touch God because if you could touch Jesus, you touched God. And now he's saying, I have to go because he wants the Holy Spirit to come. And it's really key that we understand that Jesus leaving would have broken the hearts of the disciples, but, but God understood that if the Holy Spirit came, if he came, now the Holy Spirit is living in everybody, and Jesus could only be at one place at one time, but the Holy Spirit can be in all places at all times. So this is why the Lord said, it is time for the Holy Spirit to come. Acts chapter 2, indeed, the Holy Spirit came, and you know, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday every year to remind us of the Holy Spirit coming. Then as we continue through the book of Acts, you'll learn that in Acts chapter 9 that there is a man named Saul, and he was out against the Lord. He was not for God. At least he thought he was doing the right thing, but, but he didn't believe in Jesus. He didn't believe he was the Messiah. He didn't believe he was God. And so he went around sending out death threats to all the Christians and getting approval for them to be persecuted. And so he had this mission against the Lord. And then one day on his way, as he was doing this mission, Jesus himself encounters him and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul says, who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And so Jesus actually has this head-on encounter with Paul and says, you need to stop what you're doing because you're not doing what is right, and Jesus is Lord. And so in that moment, Saul has this encounter with Christ himself, and in that moment, he realizes that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And the one that he was persecuting is actually Lord of all, amen? amen. So Paul is restored and he changes his way, and the Bible says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And so you will read that the church is growing, but it's also being persecuted. Um, as the people of God become to uh, do the work of the Lord, they face a lot of opposition in the book of Acts. And we see a lot of men and women who are very bold and courageous for the Lord. 
And we read that Peter was put in prison. The church is extending not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles, which is good news for all of us because God is for all people. There is no discrimination when it comes to God. He doesn't say that Jesus is just for this kind of person. You have to be tall or to be short. You have to be educated or you have to be rich. Jesus is for all people, amen? And he's for all people and he belongs to all people. And so that's why the gospel is good news. And so we are at the point in the Bible where now Paul and the others are on a mission. The Bible tells us that Paul and others are traveling. And uh, in verse 6 of God's word, it says, Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And the word of God says they were kept from preaching the word by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. And this is a... Point number one today, if you are taking notes, that the Holy Spirit speaks. Now, who is the Holy Spirit? He is God. He is God. And the Holy Spirit has different roles that he can do in our life. He guides us. He counsels us. He comforts us. We believe in the Christian faith that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That we believe that he's three persons in one. We do not believe in three gods. We believe that God is three persons in one. Um, the best way for me to describe this is I'm a pastor, I'm a daughter, and I'm a sister. What I do as a sister is different from a pastor. What I do from a pastor can be different from a daughter, but I'm all Tina. I am Tina. And so we say the same thing with God. The function of the Father is different from the Son, who is different from the Spirit, but the Father, Son, and the Spirit are all God. And the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit has different roles. John 14, 6 says, he will be with us forever. John 14, 7 says, the world will not see him or accept him. John 14, 7, the Holy Spirit lives in you. John 14, he teaches us. He convicts us. He guides us. He reminds us of the words of Jesus. And he convicts us of our sin. And he guides us to the truth. Amen? And the word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit prevented Paul and the others to go to Asia, which means that the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. When you give your heart to Jesus, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. Everywhere you go, when you're driving, when you're home, when you are in the kitchen doing the dishes, God is with you. Amen? Amen. You're never actually alone. And so that's why sometimes... It's a struggle. We know sometimes we feel alone. We might feel rejected or abandoned. But the truth is, you're actually never alone. God is with you. And so the Holy Spirit's goal, if you want to just say it generally, his whole goal is to make you and I more like Jesus. There's a word that we call, it's called, it's called sanctification. That's the word we use in our Christian faith. And in the Church of the Nazarene, we have a word that goes even deeper. We say, when you surrender your life totally to the work of the Holy Spirit, we call that entire sanctification, where you yield all of your life to God. And you say, God, I want you to take care of my family, my money, my home, my health, my job, everything I'm giving over to God, consecrating myself to the Lord. This is what we call entire sanctification. Today, have you made that point to give full surrender to the Lord? I want you to think about the day. And so the Holy Spirit wants the best for us. I want you to remember that. He wants the best for us. And just like Paul and the others, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and me. 
And so what has he been telling you lately? What does he want you to do? What does he want you to stop doing? His goal is not to make you miserable. He actually wants the best for you. And he wants you to live on purpose. He has plans for you. And he's speaking to us all the time. A couple months ago, um, I went to the dentist to get my teeth clean, as most of you do, hopefully. And when I went, it was back in November, and I wanted to go before my sister's wedding so I could look better than her. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to get my teeth clean because it was time and also for the pictures, right? So while I was there, the, the girl, that she's a really sweet person. She was do, cleaning my teeth. And as you know, sometimes when you go, they talk to you, which is kind of awkward at times because they're cleaning your teeth and you're trying to respond as they're talking. But anyways, I said, you know, how are you doing? And she went on to tell me how this is happening and this is happening in her life and this is happening. And she had listed a whole bunch of like challenging tragedies, problems, difficulties. And I thought, wow, like it's really like raining and storming in her life right now. Anyhow, she knew that I was a minister. And so as she was talking, at the end of all of that, I said to her, you know what, I, I'm going to keep you my prayers that everything will work out and God will work for you. And she said, thank you so much. So I left the dentist's office and drove away, drove home. And that week, I just felt God was talking to me. The Holy Spirit was telling me, buy her a card, buy her a gift card to a coffee place and write her a note and give it to her. And so when God told me this, I was like excited. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can do something for somebody else. So I bought the card. I bought the, the um, writing card. And then I wrote a very actually long note just to encourage her. And then I, wrote, then I bought the gift card to the coffee place. And so now I was getting ready to drop it off. And as I was thinking about dropping it off, I started to have this anxiety of, what if she thinks this is weird? Like, I just, I know her, but I don't know her. Uh, what if she thinks this is weird? But I just said to myself, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to the dentist, drop it off. She's probably not going to be there, and that will be the end of it. But I'll give it to the secretary, and she can just give it to her, right? So I get into the build, walking into the building, into the office, and while I'm walking in, she's coming out at the same time. As like, okay. So uh, she sees me, and then I was like, okay, well, this is for you. And so I gave it to her. She gave me a hug, and she went away. And then I walked out the door. And I felt very good about doing that because I felt like God was using me to encourage her. And um, when the Holy Spirit's speaking, how do you respond? Are you listening to what he is saying? Because you don't know how God wants to use you to bless somebody else. Because here's the thing today, he does speak. He is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? And when he speaks... Sometimes he will, as in verse 6 here, says, Paul and his companion traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, and having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Now, I want you to think about this. In this situation, the Holy Spirit kept them from preaching God's word in Asia. And this is number two. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will keep you from moving forward. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you, stop. Stop what you're doing. Don't go, go further in what you are doing. So there's going to be times in your life 
that God is going to prevent things from happening in your life and you're going to feel like this doesn't make sense, God. I'm trying to go forward, but I can't because you're stopping me. And this is, this is what the Bible says. And it says, kept by the Holy Spirit. And when this happens, we might feel like we don't understand or we feel like God is being mean. God doesn't care. But here's what I want you to remember today. God actually does care about every detail of your life. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's like a tragedy or a loss or a situation that doesn't make sense, like a health problem, God actually does care about all the details of your life. And sometimes God is saying, stop, don't go forward because he's actually trying to protect you. He's actually trying to protect you from trouble or in some cases, making the wrong decision in your life. And when that happens, you're going to have to make a choice. You can be sensitive to, God, sensitive to God and let it go, or you can be stubborn and you fight him. You fight him. Uh, when I was in my 20s, as Pastor Nick was saying, and I didn't want to say too much because of the sermon today with the studies because I have some things in here I want to share with you. When I was in my 20s, I was at the University of Toronto. I got into the science program there, and I was pursuing a science degree. But in my first year, after one day, and uh, it was closer to the summertime, I guess it was in April or May, I was uh, walking home to the subway. I was walking to the subway because that's how we got to school. And God said to me, Tina, I want you to change directions. So I kind of did this kind of look around like, who's talking to me? <laughs> Am I hearing things? Like, is this really God? And so I just got this strong impression that I needed to change directions and so I uh, got home and I wrote in my journal that, you know, I just feel God's talking to me, but I'm not sure what to do with this. Like, I'm doing a science degree, Lord. This is only my first year. Why are you talking to me right now? Why don't you wait till I finish my school year and then talk to me? But anyhow, I knew that the Lord had talked to me. And during the, it was a four-year degree, and during those years of doing my degree, I was having a lot of challenges. Now, let me just tell you something. I'm not stupid or dumb. I actually had to get a high average to get into the science program. Talk to Pastor Nick because he knows it's very competitive to get into the U of T science program. I'm not trying to boast, but what I'm trying to say is I struggled in school, which didn't make any sense. And then I, was, I had a job and I was managing this degree. And then during the, the, the degree, I applied to different things like pharmacy or this, these health science things that you can get into. And I didn't get into some of them. And I was just like, door after door was closing. And when I look back at that, I believe that God kept me from going forward because he wanted me to change my direction. He wanted me to go in a different way. And I want you to think about this in your life right now. What is something, something you're pursuing right now, but it's not happening for you? And is it possible that the Holy Spirit is keeping you from it? What door has been closing in your life? And is God asking you to change direction? And can we be mature enough to say, Perhaps the Holy Spirit is not letting me go forward. Can we be mature enough to say that? Because that is possible tonight. Perhaps the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you and me that this is not God's will. This is not God's will. 
And why is this so important? Because you will read that they couldn't go to Asia, and then in verse 6 again it says, when they came to the border of Mycenae, this is the second place they're going to, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them. And when it says the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them, that's actually the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow them to go to Messiah. And so this is number three today. Don't let your drive, your ambition, or your stubbornness speak louder than God. Amen? Amen. And if you're not a person that is stubborn or ambitious or, or uh, have a drive, like some of you are really good. Whatever God says, you do it. Praise the Lord for you. But there's some of us, like me, who think sometimes we know better than the Lord. And God was preventing Paul and the others from going to two places. And this story tells us that this is important. It is good to have plans in your life. It's good to have a vision. But it's also important to submit those plans and those visions to God. Amen. To God's will. We need to be open to change, amen? We need to be open to the direction of the Lord. And I want you to think about this for a moment because this is a very key part in this passage here. What Paul and the other people were doing was actually a good thing. They were preaching the gospel. They were going to Asia and the door closed. They wanted to go to Mycenae and the door closed. This was actually a good thing thing that they were doing but God said no and it's really key today for us to understand just because it's a good thing it doesn't mean it's a God thing think about that we need to be open to what God is doing for example just because you want to pursue this school degree it doesn't mean that God wants you to do a business degree or a science degree maybe he wants you to do um, you know humanities maybe you're dating somebody and he or she is a Christian which is good because if you're dating somebody and you're a Christian that's who you should date a Christian not a non-believer but just because he's a Christian or she's a Christian and you're dating the person it doesn't necessarily mean that he or she is for you you and i need to check in with the holy spirit amen, amen. maybe you want to donate money somewhere to somebody and that's a good thing but it may not be what god wants for you and so you see a car or a house or a job and you're thinking god i want to have these things or it's a good thing for my life and you're planning your life and it may not be what god wants for you and so here's what's key today. Proverbs 69 says, In your heart a person plans their course, but God determines your steps. Amen? Amen? And Paul and the others had this relationship with God that they were willing to give up their plans for God's plans. Their plans for God's plans. And you and I need to be open to trust God, even though we may not like it, we may not understand it, even though what we're doing is a good thing. We need to put aside our stubbornness, our drive, our ambition, and let God speak. Amen? Good example of this is when I was in my 20s. I'm in my 30s now, so I can talk about these things. When I get to my 40s, I can talk about more things. <laughs> but for now, I'm in my 30s. So when I was in my early 20s, I had like this guy 
And I was like, oh, I really want to be with this guy, and I want to date him, and I was pushing so hard to make everything work. And ladies, you know what I'm talking about, right? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about, because you do. And so, <laughs> as you know, and you're working so hard to make it all work, and then uh, it didn't work out. And so, and I had been praying about it too. I was like, God, you know, it, this just doesn't seem to be working out. Why? What, what is the problem? And so, anyways, it didn't work out. And praise the Lord for that, because... He was not for me, and I am glad he is married. He has a child. He might even have a second child now. I don't know. I'm not in connection with him, but <laughs> I'm Johnny says I'm creeping, but him and I are not even on Facebook together, so that's good. So, or LinkedIn or whatever, okay? Um, anyways, when you think about it, and I, I thought about it, this was a good thing that God closed the door for me. Because I realized that for where I'm going, where God is leading me, he would not be able to support me. And so it is really important that we actually praise God for the doors he opens, but also for the doors he closes. Because he knows what is for us. Because the Holy Spirit, he is so intimate with us. He knows us. He lives in us. He knows what we should do and what we should not do. And he wants us to listen to him. That's all. Listen to him. And so this is what happens in the word of God here. It says in verse 8, though he passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. And this is number four. What that really means is the Holy Spirit wants you and I to listen to him. Amen? That's the message today. <laughs> Holy Spirit speak. You and I listen. That's the gist of the message today. And uh, the Bible says they passed through, which means that they didn't, fight this. They didn't fight to go to Asia. They didn't fight to go to Mycenae. They didn't pursue it anymore. They just obey the Lord. And so I want you to think about your life right now. What door is God closing or what direction does God want you to go in right now? And going back to the call that God had in my life, when I realized that God was asking me to change directions and no longer pursue um, the direction of having a vocation in science, I had to make major changes in my life. So I did complete the degree, um, and I did that because, you know, I didn't listen right away. Like, I was called at 19, and then two years passed before I actually took it seriously. And when I, when I took it seriously to go into ministry was when Rosewood Church did the purpose-driven campaign here, and I was in my early 20s, and then I really heard God's voice say to me, you need to change directions, and that's what I did. So when I had to do that, I made some serious changes. I had to tell my parents that I feel God's calling me to ministry, and I'm not from a family of pastors, from one pastor to pastor to pastor to pastor. In my two, one side of my family is not even Christian, and so this was all new for our family. So telling my parents, thank the Lord, they were encouraging, and they said, go for it. And thank to, thanks, thanks to Pastor Nick, who was supportive as well. When I told him, wrote the letter I needed to do my master's. So thank you very much, Pastor Nick. And then I had to tell my friends in school. That was hard. They didn't understand. They're like, well, why are you doing this? You're, you're going to finish up this degree. Why are you going to change direction? And I said, well, this is what I need to do because God is talking to me. Changed my degree from four years to three years. And then I didn't know how I was going to pay for these school fees. And I thought, like, I just finished the... the 
University of Toronto degree, now I'm gonna do a master's degree. Where is the money gonna come from? But every moment and every time of this journey, I can say God has been with me every step of the way and he has provided. When I decided to go fully into doing this, into, into ministry, God actually took the job I had and promoted me to another job that paid double the amount so that I could pay for my master's fees. Amen. And then, um, then I got the opportunity after graduating to do this church plant. And this September is going to be 10 years of ministry or over 10 years of, you know, just persevering and doing God's work because every church, past, church plant pastor knows that it's not easy. It's a lot of work. And I was able to do my doctorate and then get some scholarships for my doctorate. And then because of my uh, job, I've been able to do some traveling. You know, God has been so good and as I have been doing my best to be obedient and to listen to him, and he wants you and I to listen to him as well. And you might be sitting here today, and you might be thinking, well, it's my life. Nobody is going to tell me what to do. Nobody. Okay, let me ask you a question, and I say this with a lot of respect and love to all of you, because most of you are older than me, right? <laughs> How's that working for you? How's that working for you? You planning your life, you controlling your life, you calling the shots. How is that working for you? Is it really working? If you're gonna be honest, you're gonna say no, it's not working well. And in fact, think about this. Think about all the trouble you could have and we could have avoided if we had just listened to God, amen? And think about all the blessings we missed because we didn't listen to God. Now, here's the good news. Even when we mess up, God is so good, he gives us grace. Amen? Amen. So don't go home and be like, oh, I can't believe I heard this message. I messed up my life. I made all the wrong mistakes. And I'm really behind because of my mistakes. Well, here's the good thing. He's a God of restoration. He's a God that brings time that was lost. He's a God of forgiveness. Amen? But some of us, we would have got there faster if we had listened to the Lord. Think about that. And so the Holy Spirit wants you and I to listen to him. And so verse 9 of the passage says, During the night, Paul had a vision of a man named Macedonia, standing, Macedonia and standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is number five. The Holy Spirit will give you direction on what you need to do. Amen? Amen. Paul had, and the men had two doors closed on them. Then they were mature enough and sense enough to say, this is just not God's will for us. So we need to back off. And they let it go and dropped it. And uh, even though it was a good thing, they, they wanted to preach the gospel in Asia and Mycia, but, they, but God's spirit was just not leading them that way. And then it says Paul had a vision, and they concluded that based on this vision, God was actually calling them to go there. In life, and I want you to hear me well, in life, God will give you clear direction on what you need to do. In this passage, it says twice they were told not to go. And, you know, it doesn't say how did God tell them not to go. It doesn't say that to us, so I'm not going to speculate, but I know the Lord speaks, and somehow they understood that they weren't supposed to go to those two places. But we need to recognize that when you're in a relationship with God, 
when you are praying to the Lord, when you are reading this word every day and reading God's word and you're uh, studying God's word, when you are fasting, when you are in fellowship with believers, when you are in a community, I want to tell you and understand today that God will speak to you and me. He will be very clear on what we need to do. And if you're sitting here today and you're like, I've been praying and asking God for different things, Pastor Tina, and I'm not hearing from God, then you need to keep going and persevere. Do not make a decision in your life until you have heard from the Lord. Do not make a major decision in your life until you hear from God clearly that this is what you need to do. And in this story, it says that God spoke to them in a unique way. It was a vision. God can speak to you in a dream, in a word knowledge, a scripture, a sermon as, you know, as pastors as we speak, you might be hearing from the Lord, or, or through somebody that's talking to you. He can speak, and he will find a way to speak to you and me. God is not limited on how he can talk to us. And in, in some ways, <coughs> I'm sure some of you have had this experience, when you're not listening, he just keeps bringing it up back to you over and over and over to get again. And we feel like it's nagging, but it's really just God doing his best to talk to us. That's what he did with me when I didn't listen initially to the call of God. I just kept hearing the voice of God in different ways to, to stop and to go into the direction of the Lord. We sometimes call that a prompting or we call it an impression that God puts on our heart. And so we, we keep thinking that God is nagging us, but really he just wants you and I to listen to him. And so God revealed to Paul in a vision to go to Macedonia. And God will do the same thing in your life. And when God speaks to you, you and I need to get ready and to be obedient to the Lord. Amen? And so what's key here too, it doesn't say in the passage how long it took for Paul to hear from the Lord. But what's really important here is that he heard from God and then he knew what to do. Uh, recently, I felt like God was saying to me um, last month, I want you to give more to the church. And I was like, are you sure, God? Because I'm giving generously. Amen. Amen. Are you sure, God? The Lord said, yes. I'm like, are you really sure, God? <laughs> yes, Tina. Are you sure about the amount? Because I knew what the amount was. So I was like, are you sure about this amount? Yes. God gave me a specific number and a specific time to give the money. Anyhow, I knew that God wanted me to do that, so I've been obedient to the Lord. And you and I, God is just calling us to be obedient to the Lord. And so verse 10 of this scripture says, after they had seen the vision, they concluded that they got ready at once, to leave for Macedonia. Number six, when the Holy Spirit speak, and this is the last point, obey now. It says they got up after a year. Is that what it says? It says they got up after two years, five years, ten years. No, it says they got up at once. Amen? When God tells you to do something, we need to do it. No negotiating. Don't come to the altar and say, Lord, I don't want to do it. You know, that's like Jonah. I didn't want to do it, and he had to spend three days in a fish. All right? I'm telling you, that's probably not a good thing. So just do it. Like, you're going to have to do it anyways. You're just prolonging what you're doing. And so 
what is God asking you to do, to do lately? And I have a couple questions here before we finish up here, and, and it's more serious, these questions. Is the Lord telling you to change careers because he's calling you to something else? Do you need to spend more time with your spouse because you're busy at work? Does God want you to spend more time with your kids? Do you need to change the way you're spending your money? Do you need to start saving for the future? Is God saying to you, you need to start giving to the church, to God? How about serving in the body of Christ? Is the Lord calling you to use your spiritual gifting? And everybody has one. Everybody has a spiritual, at least one spiritual gifting. And he's saying to you, I want you to start investing your time and money in the church. Maybe the Lord's saying to you, I need you to spend more time with me. I need more time with you in the word. Or God is saying he wants you to spend more time in prayer with you. Maybe it's not that. Maybe God's saying to you, I don't like or I don't think the movies you are watching is helping you. <clears throat> I don't think the books you are reading are helping you. If anything, it's making your mind go further from the Lord. Maybe God is saying your health is at risk right now. And he's saying you need to spend more time figuring out how to incorporate exercise into your schedule or changing your eating habits so that you can see your health become better. Or maybe the Lord's saying, on a serious note, stop going to these places, stop going to the store, stop seeing that person because he or she or these things are feeding into a habit that God knows he doesn't want you to indulge in. And that's a serious situation that the Lord is calling us out of. On a positive note, maybe God is saying you've been scared and you need to do what God is telling you to do and, and be courageous. Maybe he's saying, write that book he's been talking to you about, or write those songs, or write those poems, or you have a gift in fashion or design, uh, design those clothes, or start that business. There are so many different things that God can tell us. And the question is, will you and I be obedient to the Lord? Amen? Amen. Last year, uh, I was driving, and I was listening to a radio station, and... Um, some of you might know the radio station in the, in the GTA, and they were doing their what's called fundraising time because if you know that a radio station that's Christian is a charity. And so it, um, they kept saying, don't be a listener, be a participator. Don't be just a listener, be a participator. And they were like, we need to raise X amount of dollars to fund ourselves for next year. And so as I was driving, I just felt like God was saying to me, to donate money. But I said to God, at this point of my life, I just don't think I have the money for that right now. And so I was giving all these excuses. And then as I, as I was driving every day, and it was like one week they were doing this whole you know, fundraising or, or asking for donations. Don't be just a listener, uh, be a participator or be a contributor, don't be a listener. And so like over and over and over I'm hearing this. And you know, I, I don't know what your personality type is like, but I need my sleep at night because if I don't do what God asks me to do, it's like over and over I'm hearing it in my head. And so I was like, okay, fine, God, you know what? I'm just gonna donate the money. So I, I, I gotta do this because you're asking me to do it. So let me do it and have my peace, right? So. I donated $100. All right, called the radio station. 
they were so happy. Thank you for donating. I'm like, yeah, no problem because I do listen, so I should donate. So here you go. Here's $100. And they sent me a thank you card and a note and whatever. But here's what's interesting. That same week after, I got an opportunity to teach a course in our Nazarene district here. And um, somebody called me and said, you know, do you have time? And I said, yeah, sure, I'll make time for that. I like to teach. Why not? So then as we did that, um, she said, you know, we'll give you a small honorarium for coming. So I was like, okay, no problem. I'm not doing it for the money. I just want to be a blessing. And she's like, you know, this is going to just pay for your gas, really, and, and, you know, your time and so forth. Okay, so then the next day she sent me an e-transfer. And she's, the e-transfer was for $250. And I was like, wow, you know, being obedient to God is such a good thing. Amen? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But here's the real, this is serious. When you are obedient to God, he does work it out, right? Because I had said to God, I don't have $100, not knowing that God wanted to give me 250 Okay. All right, when you look at it that way, how many other blessings are we missing because we don't follow through or take that step of faith with the Lord? And I'm not saying that we do the things we do to receive blessings from God because God just wants us to be obedient, Amen. That's all he wants us to do. But just like a heavenly loving father, that as we will be obedient to God, he will bless us. Amen? He will bless us. And so I just say to you today, the Holy Spirit is speaking. Will you and I listen? Amen? Will you and I listen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word, and we thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you for our time together, and we thank you for your people. This is a Sunday night. They could have been out somewhere else watching something like on TV or a social event, but they chose to be in the house of God Amen. because they wanted to honor you, God. And we just pray that this message was an encouragement to everyone and to myself, Lord. Thank you for letting us hear your word. And Lord, tonight, maybe there's somebody here who is hearing this word and they've heard so much about the Holy Spirit, but they haven't made a choice to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Uh, tonight, we pray, God, we know that out of obedience, there might be some, someone or some persons here who wants to take that step forward to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So wherever they are, God, if they want to say this prayer right where they are, let them say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as God. I receive that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose on the third day. I believe that my sins are forgiven Amen. and that the penalty of my sin has been paid for. And I receive you now, Christ, knowing that now that I have Jesus, I am ready for heaven. And we say thank you to you, God, for what you have done through your son, Jesus Christ. And we are so thankful, God, that the Holy Spirit lives in us when we receive Christ as our Savior. And so, God, we pray that as a people of the Lord, we will do your work and be obedient because God is a gracious God. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Amen.